This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They call themselves the Magpies and they did indeed steal a point off of City in a thrilling 3 all draw at St. James's all the way back in August. Some Blues call them by the less affectionate name, the Barcodes, and we're here to see if they'll be scanned, packaged and shipped back off to Tyneside this weekend. It's Friday the 3rd of March. I'm Ollie Kirsch. Hello, I'm Jack Tilbert. That's a great intro, by the way. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Thank you. And this is the City Report podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. So before we get going, our guest today, as he's just introduced himself, is Jacques Talbot, Twitter extraordinaire, journalist. But Jacques, do you want to introduce yourself properly, mate? Tell, tell all the Blues that will be listening who you are and why you're on. Yeah, um, I am a reporter for football transfers. Um, but the reason I'm on is because I'm a Newcastle fan. Don't be deceived by my accent. I do support the club, but I haven't started supporting them. Um, since October 2021. Um, I supported them back in the day when there was Sir Bobby Robson around. Um, I have no affiliation with Newcastle. I just quite liked them when I was quite young. Um, and then when I was about 12, Graham Sooners took over in 2004. Yeah, 2004. And then it was hell up until about a year ago or a year and a half ago now where we're looking pretty good. For the most part, yes. That's all right, mate. City fans are accused of only being fans since August 2008, so we're in the same boat here. And I actually, I feel like there's a little bit of, uh, some, some are on the other side of it. There's a lot of blues I know of that aren't keen whatsoever on Newcastle. Um, I actually have quite a, an affinity at this point with Newcastle because I think you guys as a fan base are experiencing exactly what we've experienced, right? There's a lot of unfair criticism on 
long-standing fans of the clubs. Um, There's just a lot of similarities at the moment, really, between the approaches of other clubs and fan bases towards our own. How do you feel about City? Do you feel like there's now a bit of a connection going on with City or are you just thinking... Nah, sack it. We're here to take over. We don't. We don't really care about those. Do you see us as as the rest of the top, the rest of the big six, if you will, or are you on our side almost? Well, I live in Manchester, so I have an affinity to both Manchester clubs. It's strange that may sound. Um, and you know, I I, I understand that, you know because of our owners and stuff. And yeah, you feel the uh, full force of it. Um, but no, yeah, you know, City are a big club, and they've been that um, since um, sort of before two thousand eight as well. When you're at Main Road, um, sort of around Moss Sideway, um, obviously things have changed a little bit, and you sort of evolved. Um, but yeah, I feel with you know the whole owner thing, it's um, it takes up a lot of Twitter, and it, unfortunately, in my job, I have to use Twitter quite a lot. Um, and it, at the moment, it seems to be the biggest word, isn't it? Like sports washing. And it can take up, and it can take like quite toxic as well. Um, I can't say I, I, you know, I'm hugely fond of City because of how successful you've been recently. Um, the way you um, stranglehold clubs and you uh, absolutely dominate them. Um, so you know, in, in that sense, I suppose quite jealous. And I suppose Newcastle would hope to emulate the likes of Man City soon by winning trophies and. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing to win a trophy, just one trophy. Even a League Cup would be pretty good, to be honest. Um, I think you've got five, haven't you? Five League Cups? Uh, we've, we, well, we've got eight. Oh, wait until, sorry, in the uh, sort of post-2008 era, you've got about five. Yes, I think it is five. Yeah, we, we got one, I think it was under, I'm going to say Pellegrini, and then four on the trot with Pep. Yeah, you need to share the spoils, I think, you know. Share the wealth of it. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the Manchester City Challenge Cup, isn't it? So I, w- I want to go chronologically then. So we're, we're going to lead up to this game just by looking at, at, at the fortunes of Newcastle and, and City in the lead up. So last year, Newcastle was struggling. I think you were in the relegation zone at one point. The takeover happened, a change in, in management, a change really at the, at the boardroom level, at the backroom level. Everything changed for Newcastle and you had a resurgent run into safety. And then you started off this season well, and I think that was capped off by that draw against City. So just for the listeners to recap that one quickly, St. James's Park, uh, City went 1-0 up very early through Gundogan. By half-time, Newcastle were 2-1 up. We had a, a purple patch, Almiron, and Callum Wilson as well. Uh, 10 minutes into the second half, Trippier made it 3-1 before Haaland and Bernardo squared it up in the 60th and 64th minute. It finished 3-all. It was uh, a hectic game. And from there, Newcastle went on a really good run up until recently. You've been solidly top four. I think you were touching third at one point or were third uh, until fairly recently. So, Jacques, what have you made of your season so far? So starting from that early season form, carrying through the form that you had at the end of last season, up until kind of this post-World Cup, I don't want to say slip, but you, you it, it started to slow down a little bit. So just give me an overview, really, of your season so far. I think if you asked any Newcastle fan before the season started where they have liked to end it up, you know, what would be a, quantify as a successful season, it would have been a cup run and top eight finish. 
and you can't get much closer than the cup run and going to the final, albeit we lost. Um, and the idea of even pushing Champions League, as we have been, has been tremendous. Um, however, in the context of the season, we've almost overplayed our hand in a way where we got so far ahead and you know there were slight murmurs of like can we get a Premier League title from very optimistic fans at one point because you know we weren't too far off um, in third place but yeah you're right um, it's sort of been I was going to say post World Cup I think we had a few wins after that but we've just sort of gone down a gear or two and it's been um, but because of the uh, our trajectory at the start and sort of Around the World Cup, just a bit after people, it's always a bit of a disappointment. I suspect most Newcastle fans see the bigger picture, though, and you know it's it's a project. And you're right, you mentioned the relegation. We didn't have a win for the first 15 games, I think, of the Premier League season last time. Um, Eddie Howe came in, got the win over Leeds, and I was like, oh, maybe it was Burnley. And then we started. We just it was in effect a. try and stay up season. That was last season. So to be challenging for Europe now, which I think is fair to say we are, regardless of whether it's Europa or, or Champions League, is tremendous. Um, and to be in the, at Wembley, you may not believe it, um, but this, the whole occasion of that, I've never experienced it. I didn't go, obviously. <laughs> it was too hard to get a ticket. But just the idea of my club being at Wembley, being in a cup final, I was too young for... Uh, 1999 we were in the FA Cup final so there's been huge brilliant experiences that we've had yes it's a bit of a slump I'm sure we're going to talk about it later about you know our expectations for the game I feel because of our form recently and how we've been playing I mean we've had some good I think we played well against Liverpool but then Pope decided to handball it um and even at Wembley was a little bit tough as well. Um, but we, we've shown ourselves to be much better last season, obviously. But um, I, I imagine, you know, against City, we're probably going to try and go. A point would be very, very good, I suspect. We'll get onto the lineups in the second half of the episode. But is, is Pope back in for City or is he still suspended? I think he'll be suspended still. We got sent off against Liverpool. Oh, no. Maybe it's because it's not. Maybe it's just one game. So it's possible he'll be back, actually. I think it might be one game. I'm not certain. Um, I'm not certain. We'll go going back to your form. Well, I think we'll chat about the lineups in a, in in a few minutes. I will actually have a look up about Pope when we go for a break. But um, your last win in the league was 15th of January, one nil against Fulham at home. Since then, you've drawn away to Palace, nil nil. You've drawn at home to West Ham, one all. You drew away to Bournemouth, one all. You lost at home to Liverpool so it's a bit of a tough period at the moment and it has kind of come at the same time as a drop in form from Almiron and I'll be looking forward to the Almiron versus Grealish slander rivalry on Saturday morning well Saturday lunchtime what what's happened why why the fall off do the play are the players looking leggy do you think um there's almost a perhaps a focus on the Carabao Cup that has taken away from your league form. What's happened, Jack? That might have been a, a bit of a distraction. I think the final being on the horizon, a lot of them players weren't, you know, used to being. I don't actually saying that. I don't even know if any of the players we we, we played that the game had ever experienced being in the final tour. I mean, it's very possible. I wouldn't say it's a matter of being tired or anything like that. I think it's just um, I'm not sure really. You know, our, our defense has been amazing. Our defensive has been amazing, and there's been a lot of focus on that. 
But then the last games you mentioned, Bournemouth, etc., um, we were lacking in front of goal, and that was the issue. Um, so we're like, oh, we need to address that. You know, the defence is fine. I mean, I'm going to the Liverpool game. Like, oh, we're even thinking about the defence. That's 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 part. That's done. And then we can see two goals and get uh, our goalkeeper sent off in the space of 20 minutes. In you know, um, so it, it I suppose it just shows you know we, we probably have been riding our luck a little bit. And you mentioned Almiron there and you know the purple patch because I thought he was going to win the Ballon d'Or at one point, but um, you know reality hits you, and you know his his reality is he's the sort of standard, relatively good uh, Premier League player, not um, you know. Um, as good as say Bernardo Silva or something like that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It could be a, a number of factors. I, I feel perhaps I'd lean towards what you suggested there about the final being, you know, um, in their minds and not wanting to get injured for it. That, that's very possible. I would also perhaps say, um, I would never say this probably on a Newcastle fan channel, that maybe our tactics have been found out a little bit. A lot of the goals we scored have been very similar. Um, with the Kieran Trippier overlap and sort of making the triangle with Almiron and Bruno Gamares, and we're not seeing that as much anymore. Um, so there may be a need to look, go back to the sort of tactics board and sort of see if there's any other way we can um, find new entries into the box and score goals. Well, before we go for a quick break, then I will confirm that because it wasn't violent conduct, Pope is only suspended for one game. So he is back for the game on Saturday. We'll go for a quick break. Afterwards, we will talk about uh, lineups, tactics, and the fact that City don't have a left back, so the trippier overlap on the uh, Newcastle right might actually be okay. So we will catch you soon. Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast, your place for daily Manchester City content. We've uh, covered with our guest Jack today, Newcastle fan, just Newcastle season so far, uh, the drop in form that they've had recently and Almiron's powers transferring back to the superb Jack Grealish. So we're going to talk about the game. Jack, you, you, you have already mentioned that one of the, uh, one of the, one of the tactical systems or at least transitions and, and moving forward and attacking you've been using is Trippier overlapping Almiron. Um, that hasn't worked out recently, but do you think that that might be somewhere that you can get at City because we've not got that established or at least recognised left-back in place? Yeah, it's very possible. I, I, I don't actually know who we... I know we might touch on the lineups later, who we start. We seem to be interchanging with Isaac as well, who sort of comes on and he can play on the wing as well. So you might look to, uh, to change things up like that. Um I think Gamares is back now. He has had uh, a few games off because of a red card. Um, so, you know, it's very possible they'll look to do that if you are missing um, a left-back. But I don't know, Pep might do something crazy there. I don't know <laughs> with the left-back, sort of double up on the left on the left side or something like that, put Phil Foden there or something crazy. Um, so, you know, he's always got an ace up his sleeve, hasn't he? Um well, it's an ace, a joker, or a circus clown, depending on depending on what exactly he's going for. But this does feel, from a City perspective, this does feel at least to me like this is one of the games where Pep will either absolutely galaxy brain it and do go Foden at left-back or something mental Haaland at left-back, or uh, he will 
do what might be seen as the sensible thing and have Walker at right back, Ake at left back to establish solid defenders just to prevent that threat of St. Maximama, Almiron, Trippier down the wings. Um, how, how, how optimistic are Newcastle fans for this game? What's the general feel? Uh, because we've had an uptick in form lately. We, we, we're looking a lot better. The return of Phil Foden has been an enormous boost for us. So I think the general feeling at the City camp is, is cautious optimism. How are Newcastle feeling? We are cautious optimism. We are sort of happily pessimistic. As I say, you know, we have been to the Etihad many times and just got absolutely obliterated. One of the games I remember spending like, it was quite a lot at the time in 2016, like £50 on the ticket for me and my girlfriend at the time. It was like 100 quid and I saw Aguero score five goals against us. Um, and all the goals were the other end of the pitch. I couldn't even see them anyway. Um, you know, I don't I don't feel there'd be huge confidence going into this one, but I, you know, I feel we're, we've sort of been battered enough over the years where it's not the end of the world if we do lose this one and we'll just go into the next one. So, no, I, I don't think you'll get many fan predictions saying, you know, we're going to go there and win 2-3-0. I think, I think a lot of fans, will be, although they might not admit it, will be quite happy for a nice 1-1 or 0-0 or something like that just to get away from the Etihad without um, getting that knocking confidence. You know, we're not quite there yet. Um well, I think we'd like to like to complete um, and give you a good game, but um, if we come away with a win, I'd be very surprised. And I feel a lot of fans will probably feel the same. And as you mentioned there, you did have the, the sort of slump, and then um, you know the the whole uh, Premier League uh, violation stuff come out, and then Pep gave his speech about you know staying here. It's <laughs> an amazing press conference where he's like, "I'm definitely staying here." And ever since then, it's just been uh, it's just sort of. Uh, Catalyzed you, isn't it? And uh, so, yeah, um, we'll take a loss. No, I mean, like, you know, we'll, it's not the end of the world if we lose, but I can't imagine many fans thinking, yeah, we're going to go there and uh, be around the park kind of thing. All right, I want to follow that up then with two questions. The first one is if you are going to beat us, how are you going to do it? How, how can Newcastle get something out of this game, three points or one? The second question, and I mean, this might be stupid or you might actually come out with uh, something unexpected who do you see as the biggest threat in the City 11 to you on Saturday um, I feel with the first question um, I feel when we played at St James's we could have won that game and maybe some of your listeners will firmly disagree with that but I feel we gave you a really good go and I think if I had to be a winner in that game it was it was, it was us at St James's Park I feel that we we didn't, you know, because I know a lot of um, teams you probably face would would play quite, I won't say park the bus football, but that, that kind of ilk, you know. Um, but we, we played football against you. And um, so we are capable of doing it on our day. Um, I can't see us, you know, as I say, battering you or anything like that. Um, I suspect it will be more of a bit of more, uh Gamara's magic, maybe a, a lovely volley from Almiron. Maybe he'll get into his groove again, being in Jack Grealish territory. He'll get that spark and that buzz again. Perhaps that might be the way. Um, so your second question, what was it? Uh, who of the City, again, it might, it might be really obvious, but maybe not. Who, one or two players do you see as the biggest threat 
to Newcastle on Saturday. Oh, I just, you know, it's so obvious. But yeah, it's Erling Haaland, isn't it? And um, you mentioned Phil Foden coming back. I haven't really paid that much attention to his input, but you said he's been, you know, he's been on his game. And, you know, if you have his creativity and then Haaland there to finish, then it's going to be, um, it's going to be really tough. We have Botman. Botman is very good. I don't know if he's Erling Haaland's good, but, um, and Shah's been very good as well. Um, but yeah, if them two are ticking, then you're going to cause us a lot of problems. But yes, I mentioned you ask that to a lot of guests, and they'd say Harland every time. It, it's it's not that necessarily. I think for me, I, I don't think the game will be won with Erling Haaland on Saturday. Obviously, he's Erling Haaland, right? Um, but I think the game will be won and lost in midfield. Because you guys are quite solid at the back and I think we're going to need serious volume. We're going to need to spend a lot of time in your half to find a way through. So the way I see it is that players like Rodri, perhaps Gundogan as well, De Bruyne, if he can get back on his game to start unlocking the defence, I think the midfield for us is going to be key um, because I don't think it's going to be a case of uh, you know, getting through breaking the lines once or twice, I think we're going to need to do it repeatedly. And we're going to we're going to need to almost be that city that can just absolutely strangle a team to find our way through with Newcastle. Um, because yeah, you, you are solid at the back. Byrne, Botman, Shah, Trippier. You've got, uh, you've got a back line full of physicality, experience and quality at the end of the day. So Haaland is Haaland. If we can create for him, he's going to score. But, for me, it's going to all be about can we really put our boot on your neck and just completely impose our game. And I think if we step off the gas in the midfield battle, that's that's going to be quite tough for us. And I, I think that was how it went in August, really. Even though we did have the lion's share of possession, it was 60-something percent in the end. Um we just couldn't find a way to break through and we gave you a little bit too much encouragement to play after we scored. We scored very early on. It looked like it was going to be a vintage battering and in the end, it it, it didn't happen and it was an incredibly back and forth game. I think you're right. Newcastle could have won that game equally. We could have gone and got, gone and got a winner. I think there was a red card given, wasn't there, late in the second half? That was... Yeah, it was it was struck off by VAR. So I mean, that game really could have gone either way. But I mean, as I said, there is there is optimism. Um, you've mentioned Mares, though. Personally, I don't think Mares is going to play, or at least I don't think Mares is going to start just because of the, the form that Foden's been in. So the eleven that I'm going to go with for City, I'm going to go Edison in goal after Ortega played and then came off injured uh, in the FA Cup the other day. I think Rico is going to come out. For Walker, we're going to need that defensive solidity on the right-hand side, potentially up against Alan St. Maximan, who I'm actually going to talk about in a minute after you've gone through the Newcastle lineup. Um, I think centre-halves, we're going to go with Ruben Diaz and... Spin the wheel, right? Um, I don't think Stones is fully fit yet. I'm not sure about Laporte. I'm going to say Diaz and leave the other one blank. Um, but it's not going to be Ake. I think Ake is going to play at left back again, just to deal with that attacking threat down the left hand side. I don't think there'll be any inversion on that side from us. Midfield, I'm going to go with Rodri, Gundawan, and De Bruyne. I think I think Pep is going to. Kev's credit in the bank is running out quite swiftly but he did turn it back on against Bristol albeit it was against Bristol I think Pep will 
retain him as a big game player. So I'm going to go with Rodri, Gundogan, and De Bruyne. The front three, I'm actually going to go with Grealish, Haaland, and Foden. Unfortunately for Mares, who has been superb, I think Foden, he looks revitalised. He's come back. Whatever the reason was for his time off, whether it was injury, whether it was a dispute with Pep or personal reasons, he's come back. He looks shit hot. He's on fire. I think we're going to go with what I see as our best front three. Um Assuming you're not too scared to talk after hearing that unbelievably strong City eleven, Jacques, how do you see Newcastle um, approaching well, your eleven? I feel, you know, as you mentioned there, I think Nick Pope, as good as Karius was in at Wembley, and he was all right apart from the second goal, which I think Nick Pope probably saves. I think Nick as a City fan, I'll say we have seen worse Karius performances, particularly oh, no, in the Champions final. League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we. I think everyone was a bit nervous. Everyone's just thinking, oh, he's the final, he's going to do it. I was more concerned with the fact he hadn't played professionally for about three years. No, that's what concerned me. We didn't do too bad, to be fair. So I have anyway. Nick Pope uh, in goal. Uh, it came to my mind whether we'll play Dan Byrne at centre-back for Haaland. But no, we'll go, I think we'll do the same what we've done all season. So we have Dan Byrne left-back. Um, then we have Shah uh, Botman in the middle. Uh, Kieran Trippier in at right, at right-back. Um, number six, Gamares. Um, number eight, Joe Linton. And then sort of just to the side as well, Sean Longstaff. ASM, so Maximan probably start again, I imagine. Um, I wonder if Wilson will be dropped for Isaac. I feel that he'll probably, or maybe he'll play both. Maybe he'll do Wilson in the middle and Isaac on the right wing. It's very possible. And he drops Almiron. So there's a little bit of a curveball there. Um, and then bring Almiron on towards the end because he has dipped in form a little bit. And there were actually some... There's a lot of criticism uh, around the final and stuff like that. So maybe it'll be Isaac and Wilson starting together for the first time. That's going to be my bold guess for the City. I think two up top would pose an interesting challenge for City as well uh, and something for Pep to, to mull on because we're not used to that, right? Teams usually go with some kind of 5-4-1 or 4-5-1 and, and stack their own third, as you mentioned before. But if Newcastle are willing to be adventurous and, and play two up in the attacking third, it will be an interesting challenge, especially if the plan is to play Rico in that defensive midfield role, inverting from right back. Then we could be looking at a situation when we're outnumbered quite heavily. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, duel of the match, if he does play, will obviously be all eyes on Miguel Almiron and Jack Grealish. But I want to just touch on Alan Samaxman before we finish, because he's... He's somebody that is an unbelievably talented footballer. He's he is on on paper in theory. He's, he's incredible, right? He's electric. Everyone loves to watch him, or at least that was the case. He had a good start to the season. First couple of months, he got three assists and a goal. Generally good performances. Since then, he's played thirteen games across all competitions without a single goal contribution. I can't criticising purely on that because I spent most of last season sticking up for Jack Grealish who wasn't getting goals and assists but the performances for St Maximan outside of maybe the Liverpool game have been fairly mediocre what's going on with him what's happening is his head not at Newcastle anymore there were, there were obviously there are transfer rumours about this guy every season because of his quality what's going on with ASM oh it's it's, um, it's- complicated um you're right yeah um he he scored a goal 
uh, start of the season, this sort of goal against Wolves, and he was sort of back, and then uh, he dropped off. He had, he's had an injury. A um, bit more context to it. There were reports about Newcastle being open to a sale for him, over something very, very sort of vague report about them being open to it. Um, he was our sort of go-to player. See, Bruce tactics was pass out um, to Maximan the ball, and he could win games for you because when he's on his on his day, I think it was brilliant. I think the best performance he's done this season was actually against Man City, from what I remember, and he was good against Liverpool. Um, and no, I don't believe that he. I think he wants to stay. It's just about whether his style of play is conducive to what um, Eddie Howe likes, and which is sort of very fluid. Um, team which is sort of you know plays a certain way lots of pressing lots of tracking back and that's not really Samantha's way he likes to do his own thing and I think that's for the criticism I think the issue lies in a matter of confidence to be honest um, and, and a bit of decision making which perhaps ties in with confidence he can be you see him he'll be one man two man and he doesn't make the pass and instead he'll, he'll get dis- dispossessed or um and there's also issues around where he plays, and I think he's best on the left wing. I would say he's better as number 10. I would say even on the right wing as well. Um, I don't know. You know, you, it could be anything. You know, you just roll the dice with him sometimes. Sometimes he'll have like a 2 out of 10, and he's absolutely dreadful. He doesn't put any effort in. He loses the ball. Then other times he'll just blow teams away. But I wonder if that lack of consistency, because his form's so capricious, whether the, maybe they'll sort of look to move him on in the summer. I hope not. Um, in short, it's one of life's great mysteries what is going on with Sir Maximan and uh, his form and you know his future. And um, I couldn't tell you, you know, how he'll do against you. He could be a mate. He'd be one or two things, and that'd be brilliant or really rubbish. So he sounds like one player that I know, and his name is Leroy Sane. <laughs> And it's exactly the same. Sometimes he'd have a two out of 10. Sometimes he would absolutely blow teams away. Um, A wonderful player, but just didn't have the consistency and care for the ball that perhaps a Pep team likes as well. So before we wrap up, Jack, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for your prediction. Scoreline and goal scorers. Oh, bloody hell, okay. I feel like I'm going to say 1-1. I'm going to say something like, um, we'll get an opening goal. We'll go, we'll go all out against you. Then it'll be like, uh, Botman. I don't know why he hasn't scored before. Let's go Botman. He scores from a corner on, on four minutes. And then you try and break us down. And then finally you break through via Haaland on the 77th minute. And then it descends as a 1-1 draw. It's very okay. precise. I'm going to be a bit more optimistic from our side. Okay. I'm, I mean... We can't keep a clean sheet, so I am going to back you to score. I'm going to go with 3-1 City. I'm going to say one goal apiece, Harlem, Foden, Grealish, or a Harlem brace and a Foden goal. And I think Trippier will get one back from a free kick after a very cynical foul from Rodri on the break. That's <laughs> even more pacific than mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm going to go with. Um, so, Jacques, listen, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, actually. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the City Report podcast. Jack's Twitter will be linked below. Shoot him a follow. Give the City Report podcast a follow as well. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you later.
Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.